0: Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another Minecraft podcast discussion. My name is Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and I am here today with Dr. Lindsay Godwin of Champlain College, and she is here to discuss uh, appreciative inquiry. So first, is it okay if I call you Lindsay? Yes, please. Please. So appreciative inquiry, Lindsay. I, I, I have just a, a little bit with this, which is why I'm, I'm thrilled you're going to fill us in a bit more. I remember you and I went on business with Champlain College to Texas, and that's where the, it was sort of the first I really heard of bringing this concept and incorporating this into the workplace. So I'm wondering, can you kind of fill us in? Tell us what it is.
1: Yeah, Kim. And I remember that was such a great, um, trip and and piece of work that we did in Texas with the World Positive Education Accelerator. So that's a great example of how you can use appreciative inquiry with a large scale group to bring people together to do a piece of um, strategic change work. But appreciative inquiry can be applied in lots of different ways. And appreciative inquiry, I think, simply put, um, is really it's about the search for what is life giving and possible within people in the world around us it's about intentionally asking what we want to accelerate and grow with the realization that what we appreciate appreciates so that word appreciative is really an economic term right the idea of what we focus on and really what we ask questions about that's that word inquiry what we ask questions about is so important because what we focus on what we appreciate appreciates and so for me it's really two big verbs. It's a doing, it's an acting, it's an action, right? How are we constantly appreciatively inquiring, right? To appreciate and to inquire. So it's about what are we we focusing our attention on and paying attention to at the individual level with our colleagues and our systems, as well as um, being very mindful about the questions that we're asking and asking questions that are constantly moving us forward in the direction that we wanna be going.
0: This sounds fantastic, Lindsay. And it, uh, uh, truthfully, some some key words kind of leapt out of what you were saying just now because life giving, and to me that's, that's, a, that's very descriptive. You know, that's that means that that rejuvenated an employee or a colleague. That means it gave them. I think of like the fountain of youth or something like that's what that word means to me. So it it brought something out of them, right? And you also said, you know, being mindful, and you also brought up gratitude. And I'm wondering if, if, if off the top of your head, if you could come up with just maybe an example. It doesn't need to be so detailed, but mm-hmm. just like an example, so that folks listening can, especially if they're in workplaces and maybe aren't using mm-hmm. this, they mm-hmm. can see they can get a little visual for what that might look like.
1: Yeah, sure. For example, um, I'm currently doing some work with an organization who's really interested in expanding and accelerating um, their. Uh, approach to inclusive leadership, right? As we're really talking about how do we bring all voices and respect all voices and talk about life-giving, right? So really coming from that at a place of how are we lifting up and creating spaces that are life-giving for every single um, person, whoever they are, whatever they look like, however they come into the organization. And so this topic that they are um, inquiring, they're appreciatively inquiring into is how do we, um, strengthen and accelerate and, and, um, create more, um, sort of inclusive leadership, um, practices and, and spaces in our, in this organization. And so working with them right now to get really mindful and sort of creating questions. Um, what are they truly curious about from a, that mindful perspective? Like, what do we really want to know more of how, what do we want to grow? in this organization. And so we'll be lifting up and doing inquiries um, across the organization um, to, to really talk about what does inclusion look like and feel like, right? What is that really, really sort of at a very lived, um, life-giving experience? What does that look like? So that there's shared understanding and meaning around that. And then really inquiring, you know, when, when are the, the moments people have felt included and what did that look like? And what were the practices and behaviors that maybe even implicitly, that went into that so that we can really unpack those and understand those. And again, in that appreciative mindset to appreciate, meaning we want to grow those. We want to accelerate those. Right. So it's not an accident when things go right. Right. So let's inquire and really sort of do those um deep dives and bring um, sort of, again, that intentional mindset of unpacking and understanding what is it that that is happening that we want to see more of so that we can learn from and accelerate it. And so that's what this organization is really doing around inclusive leadership.
0: That was an excellent example. Lindsay. Like I could see it. I could kind of see it, especially since you chose the inclusivity issue, because that's such a broad based thing. And um, of course, You know, Champlain, where we both are sitting right now, this beautiful campus, is very well-being or focused, right? And so um, I'm thinking, since we're also focused on, you know, the well-being of the community, Lindsay, and also that's like a trickle down to the well-being of the individual, perhaps you could um, explain to us or maybe describe for us what these strategies, or I might not use that word, I'm not sure, but how this would look. From, like from organizational level, and then as applied to the individual.
1: Yes. And I think that, um, that that's one of the things I love about a inquiry is the flexibility that it can be applied from whole system scale, like we talked about, like being in Texas, 800 people coming together to do a piece of work strategically together to a whole organization, like I just shared, to it can be a very interpersonal, like, what does this look like in teams, in coaching, but to myself in my own like well-being journey, right? Exactly. As Champlain College, as we both know, is so committed. And thank you for your leadership in this space around well-being that, you know, how do we bring this work? In? And to me, appreciative inquiry can be a framework or a tool that can help us at an individual level think about strengthening our own well-being. And so maybe I will just highlight briefly, to me, the underlying, there's underlying principles of appreciative inquiry. So like I said, at a big level, it's really this verb, right? How do we appreciate, <laughs> and inquire? But there's underlying principles, and I think I can just highlight those briefly and and talk about how that can be a framework for creating um, and informing and accelerating our own individual well-being. Um, so first, one of the, one of my favorite principles, I'll just go through, there's, um, five quick principles that are sort of the core underlying theoretical principles of appreciative inquiry. The first one is called the simultaneity principle. I know it's a mouthful, but I kind of love it. Simultaneity principle. Basically the, the bumper sticker on that is that change starts as soon as we ask a question, change in questions. Are simultaneous moments, right? That's where the simultaneity comes in. So it's not that we ask a bunch of questions and then we figure out the change. The moment we ask a question, we're creating change. And so what that principle has implications for our well-being and thinking about that at an interpersonal level is really becoming aware and being intentional about the questions we ask ourselves internally. Right. And changing and shifting our questions to asking, what do we want to create more of? What do we want to be moving toward? So for me, for example, in my own well-being journey, um, the, the question, the, the flipping of the question and being mindful of this simultaneity principle, I changed my question from from instead of asking, how do I lose 20 pounds? <laughs> right. What do I that's what I don't want. Right. I don't want the 20 pounds to how can I eat to thrive? Right. So it's a changing the question to ask me, what do I moving me toward what I want? So, again, that 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 change of the question and really sort of focusing on what do we want to be moving toward um, is really powerful. Because, again, that question, those are different questions. How do I lose 20 pounds is a different question than how do I eat to thrive? And so um, becoming very intentional about those questions that we ask. So that's the first one, that simultaneity principle, that change starts as soon as we ask a question. The second principle is the anticipatory principle, get another wonderful mouthful, but it basically the bumper sticker on this principle is that our images of the future inspire action today, right? Our anticipatory, our images, um, very in that self-fulfilling prophecy kind of research, right, around this. And um and so implications for this for me for well-being at an individual level is, you know, it really is important those images that we create again in our even starting in our own mind for ourselves of what is it going to look like and feel like for me to eat to thrive, to feel healthy, right? To start infusing well-being in small and large ways in my daily practices and start getting a really You know, the more specific of an image that I can sort of craft, talking about Minecraft, right, that I can start crafting in my own um, mind's eye, the more likely I am to take action toward that, right? And, you know, there's so much research behind that. So that's that anticipatory principle, getting really intentional about the images that we craft for ourselves, and then the third principle is the constructionist principle sounds like construction right the bumper sticker on this one is that words create worlds. so this comes from a social construction sociology sort of um uh, theoretical bent but this is really again about how it is about the questions we ask the images we hold it's literally about the words that we choose to use again starting in our own minds let alone then with other people that creates our realities. And so, again, I've seen this in well-being, um, my own well-being journey and implications for well-being at the individual level is being intentional. And I've loved the reframing at an organizational level, reframing from not calling it a sick day to calling it, you know, a mental health day or a well-being day. <laughs> and, and you know, how do we move away from this, um, uh, you know, sort of, you um, negative sort of, you know, mindset and the words that we use toward, again, what we want more of. So I loved it in, in our COVID infused times where we really started realizing it's not about social distancing, it's physical distancing. We need to be socially connecting more now than ever. And so the, there's there's been even a whole campaign um, up to the CDC to sort of change the language around from it's not about social distancing, it's physical distancing. Again, I've seen it in my own. I have kids and their visits have become, you know, what their pediatrician are called well being visits. And so just even thinking again, the language that we use um, and shifting that language again to what do we want more of is so important. So that's the constructionist principle. Two more to go real quickly. The um, next one is the poetic principle. Um, And the bumper sticker on this one is that we can choose what we focus on, right? Just like a poem is the idea that, you know, it's all there you know, to be found, just like a poem can be interpreted in multiple different ways. Our organizations, our experiences, even our, you know, our memories and our histories, we can interpret them in lots of different ways. And so the idea is we actually have a choice back to intentionality, right? We have a choice in how we choose to focus on, again, where we put our attention um, and, and energy. And so, again, from a well-being perspective, for me, this comes at, you know, we can choose what we want to focus on, even in the most difficult times, not ignoring that we have difficult times and that we have down days and unhealthy days and all of the in-between and we have choice in our focus to also focus, you know, in my focusing on, you know, how and why I fell down or when and how I got up. And also focusing on what are the things like, what what are the resources available to me to support me? Um, you know, how can I even in, you know, midst of, of traumatic moments, focus on things like post-traumatic growth? Where is the learning and the The of what again, where do I want to be moving forward from? So again, not ignoring anything, but again, choice of focus um, in where I want to put my energy. And it's the idea, again, from a personal perspective is that it's all there to be found, right? It's all there to be found. The moments that I fell down and the moments that I got back up, it might be a micro moment, but it's there if I choose to sort of look for it and unpack it. And then finally, the last principle um, in sort of the, the classic appreciative inquiry principles is called the positive principle. And the bumper sticker on this one is that we excel best when we amplify what is working, um, which is opposite oftentimes of how we approach change. We often focus on what's not working. This really invites us to look at, you know, looking and intentionally again, intentionally inquiring, intentionally focusing on those moments. Um that when things are working, and again from a well-being perspective, this is huge, right? Recognizing that um, we can, uh, you know, focus on those moments where I where I did feel like I was eating to thrive, right? Where <laughs> those moments where um, where it's sort of looking at um, looking at, um, you know, what is the support that it will take for my well-being su- success? That um, you know, being successful in that is not it's not just about preventing failure, right? Failure is not the, Success is not just the opposite of failure. So, how are we becoming really intentional um, about looking in and amplifying the what's working, even those micro moments, especially in our well-being journeys?
0: This is just so fascinating, Lindsay. And it, as you know, um, this is all very Minecrafty. So we're you know this is, these are a lot of the principles on which Minecraft is based, and. I've, you've got a thread going here, as I'm sure you're aware. You keep talking about intention, which I'm a big fan, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like a, a, each day when I jump in the jeep, which is the first place I'm actually alone, I set an intention for the day, right? Mm-hmm. And you use—I think you used the weight loss example with it, which I just did a couple hours ago, like you and I were were saying. And if someone says, "Oh, gee, I've tried all these diets. I'm never going to lose weight," you're right—you're not right <laughs> because you right? just, just decided you're not. It or example we say, if you have a friend who's a car detailer does decoupage or, or photography and they say oh yeah i really like it but i'm never going to get rich doing it again you're right you're not <laughs> because you just declared it so i'm wondering because he's the positivity principle the poetic principle and shifting out of this language and, and and then you brought up failure how that's such like a taboo word when it's mm. we're really it gets, it gets people stuck so maybe you can take that intention thread and And maybe go there with us yeah and i'm so glad too and
1: i'm i'm appreciative in a real way about talking about failure especially from an appreciative perspective because i think that that is something that like you said from minecraft from from anything it's somehow that we have um appreciative inquiry isn't about negative and positive right it's not so we said life-giving it's about what is generative and some of our most life-giving and generative moments are the times that we have fallen down, but then we shift our intention to that—that is, that's our best learning moments, right? So, how do we bring that intention out exactly in our moments where, okay, fine, externally or you know, sociologically, we've we've defined them, I think, um, uh, misdefined them as a failure, <laughs> right? That we've we've somehow externally labeled them as a failure, and how can we bring this intentionally again and appreciatively inquire? intentionally into those moments of where, yeah, that did not go how I wanted it to go. Okay, great. Let's get really curious. Let's get really curious and bring an intentional inquiring mindset of like, um, if you're upset that it didn't go away, that means that you had a vision, that anticipatory principle, you had a vision of you wanted it to go some other way. Well, what was that? Let's get really clear on, well, what what will success look like next time? So that's, first of all, starting to move you intentionally towards success the next time. And then getting really curious, starting with the questions that you ask, right? what can I learn from this? What can I do differently next time? What are the resources that maybe I didn't fully (laughs) tap into that I can tap into next time? Who are other people that are doing this phenomenally? And what can I learn from them? So sort of going outside of yourself too, right? Like where can I again, that's an appreciative inquiry, right? Where are the inspirational practices from other people that I can bring in? Not best practices. I don't believe in best practices because you can't apply that and just plug and play, but I can be inspired by somebody else's practice. So I think that, um, yes, I love this sort of, how do we bring that intentional again? And I think it can be a very appreciatively inquiring mindset into some of our greatest, and I'm using air quotes here now for those that can't say it, failures, right? Right. Um, And reframing those as our greatest learning opportunities um, and moments. And I think that's one of the things, too, as we think about appreciative inquiry and some of the myths that I like to bust right open about appreciative inquiry, because people misuse it and misunderstand it and thinking that it is positive inquiry. this sense that like, oh, we're only talking about good, happy, smiley rainbow unicorn things. And that is just not true, right? I mean, appreciative inquiries, you know, in Minecraft and all of this work is like, it's meant to be brought to our biggest challenges. It is a tool set for us to like address. I mean, think about the organizational um, uh, example that I just gave on um, inclusive leadership. Talk about a gnarly, important, deep, challenging topic, um, that gets at our very identities and how we interact with each other as human beings, you know, how do we bring, you know, again, a different intention, a different mindset to that work. Um, so appreciative inquiry has been used in sort of all different sort of capacities to deal with things like, um, everything from layoffs and organizations. How do we do that in a way that supports people in the most humane way and sets them up for success in their next, um, sort of steps to uh, everything in between. And so it's not about ignoring problems. And that's where some people, I've heard people, misinterviews or come in there like, oh, we're using a appreciative inquiry so we can't talk about all the bad stuff that's going on. <laughs> and it's like, no, like a appreciative inquiry is not a tool of silence. It is an invitation to inquiry And to get clear and intentional about where we're putting our focus, and are we just talking about the diagnosing what's wrong, or are we also getting really curious and intentional about defining what will success look like, what is it going to take to get there, and how can we inquire and lift up those moments where we have had successes, and reframing some of that, um, because again, success is not an accident. So let's not treat it that just, again, back to failures and different things, right? Failures aren't also just the only thing worthy of our inquiry, successes are too. And so we we treat successes as something that aren't worthy to be studied and unpacked when, again, some of our greatest learning is a lot of things have to go right in order for things to go right. Right. So how do we bring our our mindset to that? So, again, so it's I love and I really appreciate that the founding sort of thought leaders didn't call it positive inquiry. They called it appreciative in that, again, that word appreciative, meaning that economic about what we focus on appreciates or grows. So if I only am asking about what's wrong, I will learn what's wrong. If I want to also, you know, ask and again, bring that intentionality to post-traumatic growth, to resilience, to different things, we can bring that um, to different things. But I have to ask those questions about when have I had moments of resilience? When have I had moments of growth after a traumatic experience? And what what are the conditions and the factors and the resources and the dynamics that support those things that I want more of? So it really is about sort of changing our whole, in some ways, sort of our theory of change. Our theory of change at an individual to an organizational level has been if we focus on what's wrong and what's broken and fix it, that's that's what we need. And so really appreciative inquiry is just inviting us to flip that equation and say, you know what? <laughs> Um, yes, we have to address our challenges fully, but what if we start focusing on and unpacking, again, the things that are working, the things that we want more of, and really get clear and intentional about um, co sort of defining what success is going to be and how we're going to get there? Um, so there's a lot in that, Kim I know, but I know it talks to a lot of the work that you do with with Minecraft.
0: Wow. I just, there's so much here, Lindsay. I'm going to like just be processing the whole way home in the Jeep. So just a couple of things. I totally agree because often that, you know, students might, may think that Minecraft is happyology. I say, no, you know, it's, it's about, like you said, acknowledging what may be perceived as negative or growth and then shifting out of that with the strategies kind of, kind of thing. And so you brought up the word reframe. It's one of my favorites. And it's because it's a skill. You know, like we were saying just a few moments ago, talents are great. Like we, want, we love to be Michael Phelps or Nadia Comaneci or something for a day. Not that they don't make effort, not saying that. But when, when something's a skill, it's empowering. It gives us autonomy, you know, because we can choose to become better at something. Mm-hmm. And you are just all over that. So maybe you can... Yeah,
1: yeah, I totally resonate with that. Because to me, again, back to what I was saying, appreciative inquiry being these verbs, appreciative, um, appreciating and inquiring, being an appreciative inquirer is a skill, right? I mean, I think it is something you're right. People are like, oh, some people are born, you know, optimistic. You are all this, right? It's like, this isn't about being optimistic or pessimistic or whatever. This, again, back to that intentionality. And to me, it is a skill. It's a practice. It's a practice. I have to practice and I study and do this, right? So like, it's like that bringing that intentional practice of, Um, of constantly and consistently, again, choosing, right? Like you said, I can't control what happens outside of me. (laughs) I can't control, I definitely can't control the world that we're living in right now. I can try to influence it for sure. What I can control is exactly how I show up inside my own head. And, um, and then in conversation with other, I can't control you and how you show up, and nor do I want to, because that would mean you could control me and how I can show up. And that neither that, one of us want that. What I can control exactly is that bringing that intentionality of, um, again, back to some of these principles, the words that I choose to use, the framing that I choose to do. And at the heart of it, again, a push of inquiry to me is like literally the questions that I choose and the focus, right? Where I put my intentional focus on, am I focusing and getting curious and inquiring into those things that I want more of? <laughs> Um, In the direction I want to be going, whether that's a moment of learning, whether that is, you know, eating to thrive, (laughs) whatever that is. Um, And so for me, it is, it very much is a practice, which is a skill and something that we can, um, can mindfully do. um, And, and luckily life gives us endless opportunities to practice that skill. So I invite all of those that are listening out across the world today to um, practice their, um, their skill and um, ability to be an appreciative inquirer today.
0: Uh, wow. Lindsay, we are so on the same page again, which I think we we knew that, you know, just like with, you know, the Minecrafters, it's not happy Like somebody won the happiness lottery or, or something like that. And that, well-being takes first of all awareness because we can't do what we don't know right Right. what's working what isn't and then commitment and effort like it takes it's it's there's these are skills to learn which is the great news um so maybe you want to tell us about that
1: yeah and i so resonate yes and i think this is just perfectly aligned with all of the minecraft work and to me yeah the well being the minecraft work and appreciative inquiry are so aligned in the sense of it really is about the journey and it is an ongoing journey exactly of we were saying of intentionality um and and skill and practicing practicing that over and over again it's not about a destination that we're reaching we're not going to you know get to well being check the box and now we're at well being we're not going to get to we're in this appreciatively whatever beautiful space and we're there it is a constant <laughs> creation a constant Choosing um, for us in terms of again where we're bringing our focus, where we're putting our energy and intention, um, and from that appreciative inquiry mindset, you know, intentionally asking those questions that are moving us forward. So it is just all about the journey, um, and and hopefully finding different ways to to enjoy that along the way because it's not a destination that we're ever going to reach. So um, I. I look forward to to seeing how our students and everyone else sort of continue that journey here at Champlain and beyond. So,
0: oh my gosh, Lindsay, I just just you just had me just running right to the happiness advantage and we'll kick off because you're so right. Because in this in this country, it was a wonderful country of ours. The formula is backwards. You know, it's once I'm successful, then I'll be happy, and it's right. the opposite, right? right? And it it is it's a process, not and. An, an outcome,
1: and I've so appreciated. I mean, and you, well, know this too. I mean, from Barbara Frederson's work, and you know, I mean, she, you know, was one of the the gurus of sort of positive emotions and stuff. And I've really appreciated her clarifying, like it's not about focusing on, you know, like happiness and positivity and stuff. Is like the 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 in being. If we chase that, we won't find it. It's the how do we inquire and sort of recre- you're creating that. It becomes a Um, a byproduct along the way versus a goal that we're, we're trying to chase. Exactly.
0: And like I say, I tell my students, my Minecraft is right. Stay focused on the, on the process. Because if you're thinking about the goal, you're taking energy away from the doing the the being right in the moment. Yeah, exactly. I think think Will Smith says something like that. I'm going to paraphrase, but he says he's all about plan a and forget the plan B because plan B takes energy away from plan a. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, Lindsay, this has been fantastic. I can't, Thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to to be with us here today. So thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening all around the world.
0: So this is Kimberly Quinn and Lindsay Godwin signing off from the beautiful Champlain College campus in Burlington, Vermont. Have a mindful day.